Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2004, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Hello from the Runway Up listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're actually trying something a little different uh, this episode. So if you hear some ambient noise, it's because we are actually out here in the terminal building. Yeah, people are walking by. They're going to different gates, catching their flights. Just had someone come up and say hi that's going to Rome. That would be nice. Yeah, especially since he works for a museum. I bet he's not going to find any museums where he's going. Sounds boring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we decided to record out here in the terminal building because we are actually talking about air service development. And what more of a fitting uh, environment to talk about air service than actually on the concourse as people are traveling to those destinations. So joining us is Jim Evans. He is our Vice President of Marketing and Air Service Development. So Jim, thank you so much for being on our podcast again. Why, Caitlin, thank you so much. And I just got to say that whenever I'm in town, I always try to reach out on the interweb and listen to the podcast. Well, we're so glad that you're a fan. (laughs) You've never listened to one, have you? So how are you today? (laughs) Anyway, so Jim has been on our podcast before. He was on an episode talking about Allegiant and their base here. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So you're a podcast professional. I am. Well, an air service plays such a critical role to the success of our airport. It triggers so many things. When you recruit a new flight or additional service or even a new airline to our airport, it triggers so many other operational things that have to happen to be able to accommodate that. One of the things that in our airport in particular, because of the rise in the number of passengers, I think we've had 35 months of consecutive growth in passenger numbers. Uh, Um, It is correct. Yeah. And so because of that, we are building out a fourth lane to our check point, we're looking at adding 450 spots to our economy lot. So everything hinges around air service and the successful recruitment of new flights and new airlines. So if you don't mind, for the first time listeners or people who are unaware of what air service development is, can you give us a background on what it is and what you do for the airport? Pretty much whatever they tell me to would be the short answer. <laughs> like but podcasts. About, like podcasts, sitting <laughs> in the middle a. of the concourse yeah. and uh, talking at the podcast. But no, yeah. basically, air service development is, is involves educating airlines about an opportunity for them to make money at an airport. It involves getting uh, really deep into the corporate community. It involves being very knowledgeable about tourism, finding out where people want to go, how often and how many of them are going there and getting all that information together and then presenting it to the airline in a way that they understand and see an opportunity to make money at an airport. To a large degree, we are just sort of the mouthpiece for what's happening in East Tennessee. We take all the good things that are going on here and we take that message to the various air carriers and say, we think you have an opportunity to do really, really well. 
At the end of the day, it's all about airline profitability. If they agree that there's something going on in Knoxville and East Tennessee that they may not have heard about, they act on it, they, they take a chance by putting in an airplane uh, in response to what we've told them, it's a win for everybody. They keep the profits from the ticket sales. Uh, the passenger generally benefits from having new service options, and in the case of a low fare carrier, by saving money. And the airport benefits by having more people coming through the doors, spending money in our various concessions and things like that. So the, the home run is the airline profits, the airport profits, and the consumer benefits. Well, and what makes our airport attractive? What do you think are the big selling points about our airport compared to the other airports? Because we're all trying to get the same service, and it's really a competitive dynamic in air service when airports are going after the same service. Well, not every airport has a podcast. So. <laughs> all right, that's what I was going to say. The podcast is the all difference right. maker. <laughs> yes, it's all about the podcast. <laughs> it comes down to a lot of factors. At the end of the day, the airport is just a portal for the local community. If the, the local economy is strong, if people have got the income to go, go places and buy airplane tickets, uh, the, the airport is just the, the vehicle that they use to do that stuff. We're very fortunate here. We're a, a mid-sized airport, and we compete with other cities of similar sizes, you know, Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Lexington, Kentucky, and I could rattle off another eight or ten. And we're all out there fighting for the same airplanes from the various airlines. So we're very fortunate here in East Tennessee that, that our economy is, is basically uh, kind of diverse. We have a large business component to East Tennessee. We have a very large tourism component, which not a lot of cities have that. And we have a large government component composed mainly by companies up in, in Oak Ridge, along with UT and TVA. So you got three circles of, of markets, we'll say, and they all converge here at the airport, where on a given day in McGee-Tyson Airport, you'll have leisure travelers coming and going. You'll have government travelers going back and forth to Washington or going all over the world. And you have corporations traveling in or out of town. So all three of those groups work together, and they, they converge at the airport. And that's what I think is really interesting that I didn't know before I started working here is everyone says, you know, they want more flights, they want more frequency, but in order to gain those flights and those frequencies, we have to take a plane from another airport. You know, these airlines aren't just growing planes. <laughs> growing planes. Right. Can you see it that? It would be nice yeah. if they were. But, you know, these assets are, are at other airports. And if we gain a flight, unfortunately, some of our other airport friends might lose it. Yeah, that's generally true. Any new flight probably came at the expense of somebody else. While we're actively recruiting new air service, we always want to keep an eye on what we have to make sure it's performing well so we don't lose it to somebody else. So it's not just about recruiting new flights. It's about maintaining a level of service at your facility, too. It is. It's recruiting a flight once it gets here, making sure that it starts strong and then continues strong. We are a little limited in what we can do to support new service because, I mean, the money and the revenue and the profits are going to the airline. So they have a great deal of responsibility for supporting their own product. However, they do tend to look at the airports and at the communities to help them do that through marketing programs, advertising, social media campaigns, podcasts, things yeah. like that, where yeah. where we can talk about new service in a, in a vehicle like a podcast 
to help them out, but it also helps us out at the airport too. So if our listeners maybe aren't familiar with our level of air service now, how many airlines do we have? How many flights? And how does that look you know, to the Greenville Spartanburgs that we compare ourselves to? Right now, we have five airlines. Didn't mean to pitch you on the spot, but... I know the answer to this. Good. Yes. Good. I would ask you if you knew the answer five. to it. Too. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> right now, we have five airlines, and we go to 23 nonstop destinations around the country, which, if it's not the most for a city our size, we're in the top two or three in the country. We were number one, so I don't want to say we're still number one, but I think we're, we're way up there. A few years ago, we might have had, I think at our, at our best, we had nine airlines. And what's happened, the airline industry has consolidated through mergers. So whereas we used to have U.S. Airways and American Airlines, the two of them merged to form the new American. So that's one less tail color at the airport. Continental and United did the same thing to form the, the combined United and a few years before that, Northwest Airlines and Delta merged to form what is today's Delta. So five air carriers is not as many as we used to have, but we have more flights. We have more available seats to the public than we've ever had before. So mergers have led to a smaller number of total airlines, but realistically we have as much or more service in the community than we've ever had. Correct, correct. And it's, it's not unusual for a city our size to have three or four air carriers. Delta, United, and American control the vast majority of the domestic traffic in the United States. So we've got those three, along with Allegiant and Frontier, which are our two low fare carriers. So, you know, we always are looking for more. We're different. We're looking for uh, additional carriers to come into the marketplace. But with the ones that we have, we can get you anywhere you want to go in the world. You've got competition amongst uh, the carriers, which tends to help out airfares when there's more than one airline you know, flying around. So we've got a good product mix. We always are looking for more, particularly for the, the low fare carriers. Yeah, and we always get asked in customer service as well at our airport, what about international service? You can get there from here. Do we want to look at or have we looked at direct international flights from our community? And what would that take? Yes, we have uh, looked extensively at, at international service. <laughs> As some I go crazy there. people go running down the hallway yeah. here. You laugh, but uh, they're ready to get they you. Are, they are. They uh, are. I hope they make it. Yeah, we, we have looked at, at international service. In order to make that happen, we have got to have a, it's called a federal inspection station, commonly called customs. We have to have a customs facility. There's some very stringent design guidelines on on what you have to build into a a customs facility. And long story short, it's really, really expensive. If you can build the Federal Inspection Station slash customs, it then becomes incredibly expensive to operate it from a staffing standpoint. So all that rolls up into kind of a bottom line of of a massive expenditure to build that facility. And then there's no guarantee that the service will come, but we think that if we get it one day, then it will lead to international service. Now, we probably won't have flights going to Europe and some of the other places, you know, far, far away right off the bat, but I think we could pretty quickly pick up service into the Caribbean, down into Mexico, some of the resort destinations. 
uh, I think we would be a very strong candidate for that. And some of those low fare carriers, they're really interested in those markets. They are. They are, particularly Allegiant. Allegiant and Frontier both have service into the Caribbean. But I will say with the level of service we have to our major hubs, you know, Delta to Atlanta, American to Charlotte, American to their Miami hub, Mm -hmm. United going down to Houston and up to Chicago, we have a great amount of service into some of the largest international hubs in the world. If you're going to a major destination across the water, you can probably get there with with a convenient single connection from a Tyson Airport via your choice of international carrier. So it's it's easy to get to pretty much anywhere in the world, though we don't go nonstop to the international markets yet. So you've been in air service development for a little while. What are our bucket list destinations from McGee-Tyson that make both business sense to the airline, but also to us as an airport and a community? We serve, of, of the airport's 20 most popular destinations based on, on passenger volume, Right now, we serve about 18 of those. Two of the glaring ones that, that we do not have service to would be the, uh, the Boston area and the West Coast, you know, mainly Los Angeles. And those two markets, if, if you look at the number of people that travel there, it's sort of iffy whether the, either one of them would be profitable on a day-to-day basis, and that's the reason the airlines are not flying them today. But some of the other places that we go that, that are in our top 10, we go to all of our top 10 destinations on a nonstop basis. Good. So it's not so much we look at destinations as we, we sometimes chase uh, airline brands coming into the market because the more air carriers you have, the more the, uh, the general public benefits through competition. What are some of those brands that we are, are chasing right now? Well, the most requested airline. Dun, that, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you want to guess? Oh, Becky, you want to guess? Uh, JetBlue. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> great guess. <laughs> Wrong. What about Spirit? Uh, Another great guess. <laughs> um, have you ever thought about asking Southwest? Southwest Airlines. Absolutely. If you had a dollar yes. for every time someone asked you if Southwest would be here, then we could probably afford Southwest. I have a lot of dollars. <laughs> yeah. that, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, we uh, Everybody wants Southwest Airlines uh, here at this airport, including us. We have a great relationship with Southwest. We talk to them frequently. We meet with them frequently. The thing is, airports our size right now do not fit into what their strategic plans have been for the past several years. Uh, Southwest has been busy growing into, uh, we're talking about international, they have been growing their international network for the past few years. In 2019, they turned their sites to serving Hawaii. Nice. Yeah, international and Hawaii are both take a lot of time and a lot of money to get Mm -hmm. get those flights up and running. So that is where Southwest Airlines has been, been focused. It's not that they have not come to Knoxville, Tennessee. They have not announced any new service to any mid-sized markets, really, I don't think since 2011. So we are on their list based on what they tell us. The fact that we have a diverse economy with the opportunity to carry business travelers in and out, government travelers in and out, and uh, leisure vacation travelers both inbound to go to the Smokies, as well as our people going to Florida and all the other places that that they serve. We're very attractive to them, but it's just a question of when will 
their corporate plans call for expansion into cities our size. So when that happens, I think we'll be in good shape. Good. One of the things that I find interesting about air service development is that we always talk about it from where do we want to go from McGee Tyson Airport to a destination, but we just had a really good successful case study about how we went with a group of people from our community to Allegiant Airlines and asked for service from another destination that's attracted to our community. Do you want to talk about that example? Sure. Air service, it involves reaching out to lots of people in the community to help us out because we know a lot about the airports. We don't always know everything that's going on, say, in Pigeon Forge or Lenore City or Gatlinburg. I mean, any of the surrounding towns and even Knoxville. Knoxville has got a robust convention business going on in the urban wilderness and all the stuff that's going on in Knoxville. So we have to stay plugged in with all of our partners. So we have a group of people from all the various municipalities. We get together and we invite them to help us when we go recruit new air service. And in late 2018, through the efforts of those people and some others in town, we were successful uh, winning a competition with the Legion Air to open what they call a base city. And what that means is We have two Allegiant Airbus A320 airplanes that live at McGee-Tyson Airport, along with their flight crews, the maintenance staff, the people that that cater the airplanes, all that. We have a hundred and some odd people that have moved to the area to operate the Allegiant base. And and actually, in a few weeks, we'll have a third airplane will be based here. So what that has done is opened up a whole world of possibilities for new service. So a few months ago, we took our tourism partners out and met with the Legion in their headquarters in Las Vegas, and they laid out a very compelling plan that there is an opportunity for a Legion to bring visitors to the Smokies. That's a little unusual from what the model has been. They're, they have generally focused on taking Tennesseans outbound to Florida or Las Vegas or Newark and all the other places they go, but this, this is an opportunity for them to bring visitors to us. So the first market that they announced that that is a result of that get-together was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which started a few days ago, and Allegiant is now flying two flights a week from Pittsburgh to Knoxville with the sole purpose of bringing visitors from the Ohio, Pennsylvania area down here to go to the mountains. Now, a lot of those folks are coming here already. They have been driving data has indicated you know, thousands of them are already driving down here. So by having affordable nonstop air service, if you live up that way, you can essentially get two more days of vacation because you're not stuck in the car driving for you know, 8, 10, 12 hours, whatever it is. We think it's going to be great. Our tourism partners have invested heavily in advertising the service in Pittsburgh. And I, uh, I'm really curious to see how this goes over, because if it works in Pittsburgh, uh, we would have an opportunity to add more service and other major markets coming into our city. And of course, if you live here, if you live in East Tennessee and you want to go to Pittsburgh, now you got a great way to get up there. And I can't believe after we made the announcement, how many people are Steelers fans and are Steeler pirates. Nation is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they came out and were like, I love this. This is great. Yeah. And if you want to go on a nice weekend trip, Pittsburgh's a great place to visit. I mean, yeah. there's just a lot of fun things to do up there. And the schedule does allow for a long weekend. It does. Right? It's pretty much a Friday to Friday Monday, Monday schedule. Yeah, so it's a long weekend. Short flight, about mm-hmm. an hour to get up there. And 
Go see the Pirates. Go see the Steelers. Go to uh, Kittywood Park, which is the oldest amusement park in the country. Great roller coasters. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to do up there. Yeah. So. so what do you think is the most difficult or the most challenging thing about working in air service right now? Dealing with the public relations department. <laughs> Should have you got it made. That's so easy. If that's the worst thing you have to do. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. No, seriously. <laughs> the, the, the hardest part about it, I wouldn't say it's the worst part about it, but it's, it's definitely the hardest, is we compete with every other airport out there. And in pretty much any way you, you look at it, air service development is essentially economic development where our, our economic development friends are out chasing factories and, and large retail investments, things like that. We're doing the same thing. The difference being an airline is not going to come into town and build a million-dollar factory, but they will fly in a $100 million airplane that if it doesn't work and is not profitable, it'll fly somewhere else. So we're always on the edge of making sure that the investment that an air carrier makes is going to pay off for them because it otherwise it, it will go away. Now, there are 400 and some odd air carrier airports in the United States, basically meaning airports that have airlines. So there are several hundred people like me that are all out trying to convince Airline X that they are where they need to put their airplane. So you get into incentives, you get into all kinds of stuff that it, it's become a pay-to-play game. And we have to be competitive with what our, our peer airports are doing. And in all honesty, some of the major cities have got a lot more uh, financial resources available and a lot more things that they can do than we can. So we have to do the best that we can with the resources that we, we do have available and leverage some of the stuff that we have that they don't. Our tourism groups, our, our beautiful Smoky Mountains. You know, if I'm competing with Wichita, Kansas... We have mountains, and they don't. If we're competing with Fort Lauderdale, well, they've got great beaches, mm -hmm. but we've got great mountains. So, I mean, it, it becomes really a, a, a case of maximizing what you have available, presenting it to the airline in a convincing way. And once they agree with us, then we have to go out to the community and say, hey, guess what? We have new service to Pittsburgh, we'll say. We really need you guys to fly to Pittsburgh. Or for you Pittsburghians out there, yens to fly to Pittsburgh yes. and yens to fly from Pittsburgh to Knoxville. Otherwise, uh, we won't have the flights very long. Well, that's the case for anything in air service. It's not just about getting it. It's maintaining it and continuing to support the service. And really, it boils down to it has to make business sense for the airline, and they continually have to make money. Like any person who runs a business... They have to make money or they're not going to continue to do what they're doing, and an airline's no different. I think that we see that as a challenge sometimes as airport customer service is that you just assume airlines are just going to continue to be in business and they're going to provide that service, and you're surprised when it goes away if not as many people fly on it as they need to. So it sometimes can be a real challenge to communicate seasonal service versus round the uh, all the time, why an airline chooses to only go two or three flights a week versus doing daily service. So there's a lot of things that factor in to what makes it financially marketable in a community. Right. The thing to remember, and a lot of people say, you know, why doesn't airline B 
come to Knoxville, don't they know that we need them to do this, that, and the other? You know, we need more low fare service at our airport. Don't they know that? Why won't they come here and help us? The right. thing that's really important to remember is that the airlines are not here to be community servants. They are here to make money. Unfortunately. Yeah, no. Unfortunately. You know, they all have got to generate profits and report to their shareholders and do all the things that any other company out there has to do. So if a, if an opportunity comes along that could be profitable for them, they'll take a look at it. There's a lot of crazy ideas that we come up with, and there's just no way that they're going, an airline is going to make money, so we don't even bother to present it to them. But if you can show something that is going to make money for them, then you got a shot. Yeah. Well, and that brings up a good point, too, about, you know, we are getting all of these new flights, and it's great, but it has brought up some challenges just because the airlines are, you know, all about, like we've said, making money, and they are the ones that pick those schedules and those flight times. So if you follow our social media at all, you know, we are a little bit busier in the morning times because these new Allegiant flights are in the morning during our rush. So that's and one on thing. bigger jets, which means more people, bigger right. lines, and causing some customer issues. I think that's a big misunderstanding is our travelers asking the airport authority why we can't just move that flight 45 minutes ahead or, you know, unfortunately. Right. Again, it doesn't work that way. Well, the airport has no control over airline schedules, airline fares, what happened to lost luggage. We don't have anything to do with that. We provide a, a place for the air carriers and the car rental companies to do business. The rates and all that stuff are, are set by those private companies. Now, we end up, as the airport operator, being criticized and having to, to deal with questions like that frequently. But if Delta Airlines loses your luggage, we cannot help you find it here at the airport. However, we can help perhaps expedite your contact with the air carrier and they can help you out. Thank you for joining us today, Jim, and being on the podcast and talking more about air service development, particularly here from our airport, but really air service in general and how an airport approaches that and tries to attract new service and what's important to the airlines who serve a market. So today's discussion was really informative for me. I know I learned a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I always do when we talk about air service because it's always changing. Yeah. So tune in next time when we when talk about... When do I get about... my check? <laughs> and let us know what you think, too, of um, us actually trying to record this podcast in the terminal. If you liked it i kind of liked it but then i also got distracted people yeah. watching a little bit watching, but. The, watching the young ladies running to catch their flight or having people looking at our uh, do we know if here. they made it or not Have they, we did. Seen they, did. they did make it <laughs> yes. okay good well i was yeah. worried about them yeah we did this just as a way um to help promote our podcast internally so be sure to visit our website at from the we'll be adding some show notes to things jim mentioned thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode and we hope that you will listen in again next time and to all of the live studio audience, thanks for coming in. <laughs> yeah, I want a standing ovation or something. <laughs> <We're done>. Yeah. <laughs>